Welcome to the One Thought Away podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Pound, a mindset coach and manifestation expert, here to help you live more mindfully and soulfully while learning to connect to the magic of the universe. Each episode will provide you with insights into self-mastery to get the most out of life. I am so grateful you are here and thank you for listening. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am so excited to be here recording with you today because I have missed you. I have been offline, as some of you know who follow me on the gram. I was at Burning Man, and this is what this episode is going to be all about. My very intense, amazing, expansive experience at Burning Man There were so many lessons that I experienced that I now get to share with you. Some of them I'm still integrating, and a lot of you asked me some really amazing questions, so I'm super excited to speak to that, and I'm just kind of laughing at the whole polarity of life because as I'm recording this, I'm sitting at the most beautiful home in Beverly Hills, like drinking my kombucha in this amazing robe. Whereas, you know, this time last week, I was melting away in the desert, in a storm, inhaling sand, like having a breakdown, wanting to leave Burning Man. So it's just so funny how things can shift so quickly in life. And if you're having a really challenging moment right now, just know that it only takes an instant to shift. So I really just wanted to share that because it just it just made me laugh to myself. And it's important sometimes also when we're having the challenging parts of life that we bring humor into our experience. So This is definitely going to be a juicy episode. I'm going to kind of explain like the whole process of me deciding to go to Burning Man and what that journey was like. Then I'm going to talk about while I was there, what were the key lessons, and then I'm going to go into some of your burning questions about my experience. No pun intended. All right, so let's dive into it. So... I had heard about Burning Man probably back in 2018. My really good friend and roommate at the time had gone with her boyfriend and had the most expansive experience. At that time in my journey, I was really, really deep into meditation. I would probably meditate for mm, four hours a day, two hours in the morning, two hours at night or something like that. And I was using uh, no, no medicines, definitely no alcohol. And so I was really just committed to like very clean living or my version of clean living at that point in my journey. So I had kind of thought that Burning Man was this drug infused orgy situation. And so it wasn't overly appealing to me. And don't get me wrong, it can be that because like life itself, Burning Man is a choose-your-own-adventure. But after my really good friend came back and she described her experience and how expansive and life-changing it was, I knew that this was something that I also wanted to experience. She had communicated about the art and how heart-centered people were and the deep, meaningful connections and the magic of the playa. And so Burning Man takes place in Nevada in a place called Black Rock City. And we call the, the Black Rock City the playa. Okay, it's like, and in Spanish, playa means beach. And somebody told me that we bring the ocean to the beach with all the people. And so nothing is happening in this desert for the rest of the year, except when Burning Man happens, about 80,000 people descend upon the desert. So some people go a little early and they help with what's called build. So they build the camps 
and the infrastructure. And this is so organized. It's basically a semicircle. And there's all these camps and everything's organized by letters. And people go to the desert and they build things. And then Burning Man usually starts and goes from a Sunday to a Sunday. And so for that one week, there's this mass surgence of people who show up with their intention and create an energy vortex. And let me tell you, this is an energy vortex like no other. I'm getting chills just like tapping into the energy of it. I personally, as some of you know, live in Tulum for most of the year, and that is a wild energy vortex. And I'm really grateful that I've lived in Tulum over the past two years to prepare me for Burning Man. And let me just kind of speak to a little bit of what an energy vortex is in case that is new for you. And so there's some places in the world, um, just based on astrocartography, there are uh, low lines or landlines that are more activated parts of the earth. Tulum is one, it's right by the water. There's a, obviously there is a lot of cenotes. And so there is so much water moving, so much energy moving. It's also the only place in the world where there is a pyramid on the water or right beside the water. And so for thousands of years, the Mayans activated the land. And so the land has a certain potency because just like your body has a cellular memory, your body always remembers everything until you process it and release it. Um, The land is the same way. And so when I've been in Tulum, I've been able to manifest things a lot more quicker than different parts of the world where the energy might seem more dense. So sometimes cities can be really powerful for manifesting your dreams and desires because there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of thoughts and feelings and emotions. Um, but at the same time, if what your intention that you're holding, what you want to create isn't in congruence with the majority of the energy there, it's going to be a lot more challenging for you to create what you want. So you might've noticed like there's some places where you go on vacation or you travel to and things are just in flow and it's easy and it's simple. Um, that's a really like high positive energy vortex and other areas where it feels really dense, that's just not congruent with your energy. So burning man and Tulum are these vortexes. There's other vortexes in the world, but I'm going to talk about these two for this time being. And wow, the energy that you feel at Burning Man is super, super intense. So now I'm going to back up our story a little bit and talk about how I actually ended up at Burning Man this year because it is a little bit of a medicine journey. So I had a friend um, who I met in Tulum and she was a avid burner. She had been multiple times before and she wanted to get the group of all of our friends to go to the burn this year because in 20. 20 and 2021, the burn was canceled due to COVID. So this was going to be the first year in three years that the burn was back on. And so it's a whole process to be able to go to this event. Um, They release tickets, but you have to create a profile and you have to sign up to register for the tickets. So you have a 48 hour window just to register. Then the sale starts usually a few days later and the tickets sell out within usually 45 minutes. They're all gone. And what was really crazy, we had a Burning Man party. There were seven of us. We all were gung-ho wanting to get our tickets. You know, we set an intention, we did a prayer and nobody got a ticket. There was like seven of us. Nobody got a ticket. So felt a bit disappointed, kind of pushed it to the side. And then as the summer kind of was going along, Burning Man just kept coming up in my field. And so 
in August, there was going to be another chance to buy these tickets. So I was at my friend's house and we decided we had set the phone alarm on. Again, we got the notification of, okay, it's time to register to be able to buy the tickets. So we do that. And then a few days later, it's time for the sale. And it was so funny because um, it started at 12 noon Pacific time. And we were in England and we were out for the day and we literally were like racing back in the car to get to this online sales portal of the ticket. Like it was just so funny. So we go and um, every time we're trying to get into the portal to buy the tickets, it just kept like quitting or not working. And so thank God, this is the only time I use Twitter when I want to see if things have stopped working, like WhatsApp or Facebook or all of these things. And people were on Twitter talking about how the Burning Man gateway like kept crashing. So it wasn't able to support any of the traffic. And so long story short, I got into the ticket purchasing place because you're kind of in this virtual waiting room twice was put both tickets in my bag to purchase and the site crashed twice. So both times I just didn't get the ticket. It was just so devastating. But then we had friends who were successful. So our one friend was given a Burning Man ticket miracle a few years ago and wanted to repay the favor to the friend I was with. So when her friend got two tickets, they gave it to my friends. So then in my little posse of four, everyone had a Burning Man ticket except for me. And this was August 3rd and Burning Man is August 28th. And so in that moment, I knew that if I wanted to go to Burning Man, I would just say yes and everything else would align. So you kind of need a lot of different things in order to go to Burning Man. And what I mean by that is you usually need a camp So the camp provides like different things, whether that be, you know, different programming and different experiences, hopefully toilets and showers, but that is a luxury at Burning Man, Um, food, different activations, and it's a process to apply to get into a camp. So I had actually signed up or applied to sign up for a camp back in April when we first didn't get our tickets. And then again in June when my friend reminded me and I heard nothing back. And so once all three of these friends had tickets, they were already in this one camp and they told me, okay, we're going to send an email. We're going to get you into the camp. And then once you're in the camp, the ticket will come. And so I emailed and they told me, hey, we never received your application to be in our camp. And currently, if you want to join the waitlist, you'll be 128th on the waitlist. And I'm thinking to myself, that's so interesting. That's also not the reality that I'm choosing to believe I get to have. I get to know and choose that I'm going to be in this camp with all my friends. And so that was the vision I held. That was the level of certainty in my energy field. I replied back saying, you know, I applied at this time and this time. And then they got back to me saying, oh, wow, we just saw that we switched to Typeform in July and you applied when we were using Google Forms. Guess what? You're in. So it was so perfect. I got in, skipped skipped that long wait list. And then literally, so that was August the 14th, the next day I got my Burning Man ticket. So things were just flowing. Um, It was feeling super exciting. The four of us, we had this little quad. We were deciding that we were going to get an RV. My one friend said she was going to invest and purchase the RV. That got everybody even more excited because we were thinking we can deck this out. This can be like our amazing burning bus. We can go on such an adventure. Everyone was coming from all different parts of the world. Some were coming from the States, from Europe. I knew that I was going to be flying to Canada and then to the States for this. So it's a huge ordeal. And you also, when you go to Burning Man, need to bring all of your supplies. So you got to bring 
food and snacks. Uh, you bring a generator if you have an RV. Uh, people camp. So if you have a tent, you bring that. You bring all of your bedding. You bring absolutely everything that you need to survive. Also, bikes are how everybody gets around on the playa. So you got to get a bike and costumes are a really big part of this festival too. It's radical self-expression is one of the core principles of Burning Man. There are 10. (laughs) Uh, There are 10 core principles of Burning Man, which I'll probably name for you a little later on in the podcast. But that's why probably when you see a lot of the pictures, maybe on Pinterest or Instagram, it's all these amazing outfits. So it's a really big time commitment as well as a financial investment. So those are two important things to keep in mind when you are planning on going to the burn. But in my opinion, really, really worth it. Okay, so this is where the kind of medicine journey of this Burning Man experience really kicked into gear. So when I when I say that, if any of you have ever done plant medicine, you know that when you decide that you're going to go sit in ceremony, it's like the medicine starts to work. The energy starts to shift in your life to align you to the new vibration of where you're going. And whenever we're aligning into a new energy field, it means we're shedding old parts of us, parts of us that are not going to match the new energy we want to hold, energy that is dense, energy that hasn't been processed, energy that just isn't in your truest expression, all needs to fall away so that you can hold the new intention field, the new energy. And so this is where things started to get really interesting on the journey. So my friend who had said she wanted to get the RV for us decided that that wasn't the best investment for her. Um, But she sat on that decision for 11 days. And so about two weeks before the burn, she decided to share that news. And so our pod went to like two deuces. And so the other two friends were really upset and it really put them in this energy of fear and scramble and abandonment wounds and all of this trauma was activated. And so that was a whole portal. Um, But me and my friends still had the desire to camp together, to get an RV together and find one and drive it from LA. So we're in this portal and I decide, you know, I'm in Europe. I'm like, okay, I got to go to Canada. I got to get ready. Got to get these costumes. And I fly back on the 18th. And then I just knew the energy I could feel between me and my friend that there was some thing between us and the energy wasn't fully resonant. You know, this is what I do for a living. I am a master of energy and I could feel things before, but I kind of didn't want to admit it to myself because I thought, ooh, this might make things complicated or hard. It's something we do all the time, you know, whether that be staying at the job that you know that doesn't serve you or staying in the relationship or eating food that doesn't feel good in your body. But we do it because it's like familiar and convenient. And sometimes we don't want to face the shadow because the shadow can at times feel overwhelming. So as soon as I had left Europe and I'm back in Canada, I can really get clear on the fact that we're not meant to camp together because there's just some energy that's kinked. And it, if we go to Burning Man, it could be really explosive and it could be really corrosive for our friendship. Um, but neither of us were like fully coming out and saying something. So on the 20th, I asked her, like, do you still want to camp together? And she said, no, I want to camp with this other friend. And I totally received what she said and knew it wasn't the highest good. But I had a complete meltdown for like a good 45 minutes, which I mean, is, is not bad in the grand scheme of life. And I had woken up really early that morning 
And then I got this ping from the universe of message your friend Galeray. And Galeray is the one who had initially told me about Burning Man, like when we were living together back in 2018. And just ask her maybe if she has a tent. Because now I was thinking to myself, there's no way I want to get an RV by myself and drive it by myself all the way from LA or wherever to the desert. And here's another side thing about it can be challenging to get RVs because a lot of companies who do rentals don't want people taking their RVs to Burning Man because of the playa dust. This playa, I have never been so dusty in my entire life. Like Dust is everywhere, and apparently this year had some of the wildest storms that have ever happened in Burning Man history. So a lot of companies don't like to give people their RVs for that reason because it requires so much cleaning and detailing afterwards. So that's just a little side note. And also, I just thought it's not fun like driving an RV by yourself. You want to be on a road trip, especially it takes... If you're driving from LA, it can take anywhere from 14 to 19 hours because you can't drive super fast in uh, an RV. Plus, there's a time to get into the playa. There's, uh, what is this, like a queue. You wait to get in at times, depending on how many people are coming. So there's all these factors. I was feeling super sad, feeling frustrated, being like, should I even go to Burning Man? But then, lo and behold, thank you, universe, for always guiding me. I I messaged my friend Galeray. Turns out she is going to Burning Man. Tells me to fly to San Francisco and to stay with her, get organized. Tells me to message somebody in my camp to see if somebody else has space and just assures me, you know, this is just part of the journey. It's going to work out. You're meant to be there. Don't worry about it. So we had uh, with our camp a Slack communication. It's like an app. So I just immediately went in. This guy offered for me to stay in his shift pod And turns out that he owns a psychedelic company where he matches practitioners to clients. So it couldn't be more perfect. Just such a sweet soul. He was amazing. He had everything for me. You know, he set up the whole tent. He had all the bedding, all the things. So it was just so in flow again. So it was like, yes, I am back. Things are flowing. Things are moving. And he also was based in San Francisco. Then I found out my other really close friend was flying from Miami with his girlfriend and was also staying in San Francisco Saturday night. So my one friend was leaving San Fran on Saturday to go and pick up her RV. And my other friend was like, come stay with me that night and we'll all take the burner bus together on the Sunday, which was just amazing. San Francisco is a super beautiful city. I got to get a ton of supplies. I got to see the Golden Gate Bridge and I got to go to the most beautiful forest the day before the burn and really ground with trees, these red cedar trees that were like seven, 800 years old, which trust me, this felt so good because there are zero trees in sight on the playa. It's like a crazy, windy dust storm. And I really felt this deep grounding energy that helped anchor in that energy before I head off to the playa. So there was just so many synchronicities um, when we were in line for the burner bus. So the burner bus is just a bus that Burning Man provides where you get to skip the line. Um, but there's like a limit to how much luggage you're allowed to bring. So that also was something to keep in mind and this guy just comes up to me in the line we start talking and my friend Daniel who I was with he had gone to get coffee and when he came back him and this other guy knew each other it was like oh hey I was just at your house in Miami the other week and that's like how small the world is because we live in a vibrational universe and so you're always attracting people to you who are at the same resonant energy. So I was like, oh, of course you guys know each other. Um, and then we had this beautiful adventure. It was like an eight and a half hour drive from San Fran to the burn. 
Um, we just pull right in. Everything is good. But they drop us off at this Burning Man bus station. Like, it's so funny. They have literally like the DMV and all of these things that you have in normal towns and cities at Burning Man. So it was super interesting. Um, we had to catch a trolley to our camp and then they didn't drop us all the way off at our camp. So you guys, they dropped me off and I have to walk with a suitcase and like bedding in the dust. Like I arrived exhausted. It wasn't a far walk, but when you have like heavy luggage and it's super hot, it's, you're literally melting. It's the desert. There's sand blowing everywhere and you're just struggling with your suitcase. And again, it was so funny, another polarity. Like that morning I had stayed at a five-star hotel. The hotel's like beautiful car dropped me off at the burn, the burner express. And then flash forward eight hours later, I'm like struggling through the desert with my own luggage, like humbled, 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 humbled. <laughs> Life always loves to remind me to stay humble, right? It's so beautiful to have our luxuries, but there's also a time and a place where it's like survival of the fittest. I arrive at my camp. I meet everybody. It's feeling good. And I just felt really overwhelmed. I went to bed and I could just feel how much energy there was on this playa. And I just wanted to have a beautiful night's sleep. However, that was not in the cards. Turns out my camp, even though my camp was called Heart Tribe, it was so chill. It was like this very like loving, peaceful camp. It was right beside all of these music camps. There was a place called Opulent Garden and all they did was like play the loudest music with all of these DJs from, from all hours of the night. So it was rough. It was rough. No amount of like earplugs and gong and like different music that I usually always have was helping me sleep through the night, but I managed. I woke up at sunrise and how Burning Man works is that there also is zero cell phone service. So you can make plans to meet with your friends. So I had known where all my friends' camps were before... Uh, we headed off onto the playa, but the magic of Burning Man is like you meet people who you're a vibrational match to. So there's some people you might never see the whole burn, and then there will be people that you see because you're literally an energetic match. So me, understanding energy, knew that I'm going to see all the friends I'm meant to see, and it's perfect. So I go at the sunrise, and the very first thing person I see is my friend Yada and it was just at this beautiful like art cart called Robo Heart it had this like crazy heart you might see it on one of my Instagram stories music playing we're just like dancing having the best time we leave sunrise we find a trampoline park we're trampolining then we go to her camp she hooks us up with ginger shots and immune boosters and green juice and it was just so much fun. And that's the thing. Burning Man has the craziest stuff all over the place. Like there's a skateboard park. There's this trampoline park. There is like like fruit altars. There are um, like coding camps. There's just like all of these wild things, like anything you could think of. Um, there was this one that was like waffles and house. So they like serve waffles and play house music. It's just super random, super cool, but your wildest imagination, whatever you can think of, you can find at Burning Man. So yeah, it was a beautiful day. I spent Monday like just by myself and I had so many waves of sadness start to come over me because I felt so alone. I was in this camp with <laughs> three of my friends, but the energy between everybody was so fucking awkward and wasn't spending time with them. It was my very first Burning Man. All of them had been before. And so it was a lot of emotions to be with. 
And one of the key messages that I did receive before I went to the burn was that this Burning Man for me was about radical self-reliance, which is another Burning Man principle, and also connecting to the divine feminine, the divine masculine in a non-sexual way and allowing the divine masculine to show up for me because I'm always with these beautiful goddesses and the divine feminine. And it was going to be really, really nourishing to my soul to connect to this masculine energy. And so I honored that. I honored that that was the message. But at the same time, my human was really sad because I wanted to be having a really good time with my friends. And I felt super like isolated and rejected. And if you guys have been following on some of my stories and stuff I've been sharing, um, I was talking about a rejection bias actually on one of the podcast episodes and how that was really skewing my lens of reality. And so Burning Man was kind of a, a mirror to me still feeling that energy. So to kind of move this beautiful story along, until about Wednesday, So I arrived Sunday night. Wednesday, I was really like in the in-between stage of wanting to really enjoy myself, keep running into other incredible friends, having beautiful experiences, um, being on the playa, learning how to navigate the conditions of the desert with like my eyes being so sore, with my throat being scratchy, and then really allowing myself to trust the process and be present with what is the energy I want to experience. So I was feeling these bouts of sadness of, oh my God, like my burning man isn't going the way that I wanted to. And it should look like this, or it should be like that. And then what the message that kept coming through for me was how can you open? How can you receive the beauty of this moment? And I learned how to tune into my body in a way that I've never done before. And I would say I'm pretty in tune with my body. You know, I grew up a dancer. I've taught fitness. I'm, I've studied nu- nutrition. So like being connected to my body is something important to me is something that I practice. However, there was just this potent, potent energy on the playa that was allowing me to feel vibrations. And when I was contracting my body and what energy I would create and what experiences I would create around me versus when I would relax and soften. And it was so amazing. It was like this almost instant manifestation of me playing with my energy, of practicing the energy. And on Wednesday night, I received a message that, you know, things are about to change. And so I had the conversation with my friend the next day, the Thursday, and that felt so good. It shifted all of our energy. We came back into friendship. We came back into connection. We had it an amazing day. And that's um, another thing about Burning Man. They have some of the best teachers in the world who are hosting workshops all the time. And so as you guys know, I'm all about a lot of things, but pleasure and sacred sexuality has been one of my key areas of focus over the past few years. And There's this amazing teacher, John Wineland, who teaches a lot about masculine and feminine polarity and relationship dynamics. There is Layla Martin, who is an amazing sex teacher. She's just so fascinating, and she speaks about sex in such a fun, interesting, playful way. Uh, There was Emily Fletcher, who's this incredible meditation teacher. And when I was really doing a lot of corporate stuff, she was like a big inspiration for me. There is uh, Vishen Lakani, who founded Mind Valley. There was Mama Gina, who wrote Pussy Reclamation. I discovered this new woman named Annie Lala, who also is a relationship master. So I got to go and see these amazing teachers in the flesh, be in the energy. One day there was a panel and they did live coaching, which was so cool. Then I ended up at a 200 person sex magic ritual with Layla Martin, with men and women. And that was like such 
an intense experience in the best way. It was really a deep act of like surrender and trust and leaning into my edges because even though I love talking and teaching about sacred sexuality, I do so usually in a closed container. You know, we do that in Pleasure Goddess or Feminine Magnetism or my courses. So like to be out in the open with other people in a pyramid at Playa Alchemist <laughs> on the, in the desert, it was a total edge for me. Um, but it was super, super cool and really expansive and just so many amazing people that I got to meet. There were also just expansive activities. Like there was this human car wash. And so literally it was around the corner from my camp and my camp was supposed to have a steam sauna and shower. But my friends, as things happen in Burning Man, the car that was carrying it broke down twice. The replacement trailer broke down. And so we didn't get this uh, shower to our camp until Wednesday. So in the meantime, showers were necessary. Showers were necessary. And so this camp that had this human car wash was literally two seconds from my camp. And we went and literally it's like hundreds of people are just naked and you go and they like hose you down with fire hoses and soap. And I was really nervous to go and to have this experience to be naked in front of all these people because it's like a lot of energy. It's a lot to be with. Um, But I felt safe with the people I was with. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to lean into my edge. I'm going to have this experience. And they were blowing sage the whole time. And the facilitators were amazing. I had the experience. I was grateful for it. But I was like one and done. Some people were there like multiple times a day. Um, but that was a fun experience for me, but I felt complete. I felt complete after that one. And yeah, there were just all these different activations all over and there would be these amazing music sets at night. So many of my friends from Tulum who are incredible musicians were playing and it was like a Tulum reunion one night in Playa Alchemist when Eduardo played and friends who I hadn't seen all week at the burn. I knew they would be there and I saw them there. So it was again that confirmation of energy and alignment and we're all dancing and connecting and yeah, it was just like, wow, so much happening, so much energy. They had these amazing art cars every night that you could just jump on and it would drive you around the playa. There were these wild whiteouts where literally you couldn't see in front of you and you needed to like, <laughs> we were using the word grapefruit in our group just to call out to stay together because you literally could be beside the person and barely see them from all the sand. So there were so many physical challenges, like with it being so hot, apparently it was an insane heat wave, um, the hottest that it's ever been. So during the day, you literally don't want to do anything. But if you don't have an RV and you're in a tent, it's super hard to sleep during the day, even if you have the AC because of how hot the, the desert is. If you have an RV and you could have spent all this money on the RV, as some of my friends did there's still a chance that the generator just quits and it doesn't work. And then you're still super hot or they don't empty out the water so your toilets don't work. And there's a lot of surrender that goes down at Burning Man because you can make all of the plans and be so organized and have backups and things just don't work. And you gotta be okay with that. And those are some of the the key, key challenges of if you're a type A person, if you're a super logical person, super practical, the burn is not practical. Like it is there to test your limits and you have the option to freak out, to get upset, to be angry, or you have the option to open your body to release, to surrender, to ask, what is this teaching me in this moment? And it's a minute to minute practice because sometimes it's really easy to do. And other times you will be so tested. Okay. So that was kind of like, in a nutshell, the whole experience of it. 
I want to talk about the key lessons. So as I was just saying, trusting the process was like the number one lesson, you know, from me learning how to surrender the plans of not going with my friends, not going in the RV of everything falling apart at the last minute. I had to trust that I had to, or I chose to trust that I chose to come back into my heart and allow spirit to guide me. Even when it looked like things weren't going to go work out and it didn't make sense, I trusted and it did work out. Focusing my energy was another key lesson. So, you know, me being upset and kind of sad at the beginning of the burn of how things were going, I was noticing that I was creating experiences in that energy. And so I constantly ask myself, you know, what do you want to create? What, do we, what wave of energy am I catching? Am I catching abundance? Am I catching love? Am I catching joy? Or am I focused on sadness and density and all of these things? And that created another question and another key lesson of what do I want to experience? And am I allowing all the experiences, all of the magic that wants to come through that is available? Am I allowing it in? The other key lesson was stay present. So much is happening there all the time. There can be so many connections, so many aha moments, so much magic, so much depth. But in order to do that, staying present is key. Keeping the body open was like the biggest game changer for me, really, really allowing my body to be an instrument for my human experience, softening, opening, creating space for new experiences to come in and allowing that old energy to just clear out. I also really learned that rest is so sacred. I've been resting so much post-burn, but even during the burn, like not going so crazy on the bikes, taking rest, going slower, stopping drinking so much water, drinking fluids, taking really, really good care of myself was such an important lesson to, to really integrate. Also moving towards, you know, my edges. Um, there were so many things that I did, so I shared some already, But another edge was, you know, my friend had this fruit ceremony and he just like squeezed all this fruit all over us. And like we smushed it with like our feet and some people like squirted fruit all over one another. It was like super messy. My sensual shadow was not into it, but I moved towards that edge and I allowed myself to have that experience while holding myself with so much love. And the last key lesson was really let new people in. Um, another key principle of Burning Man is radical inclusion. So, you know, how can I create space to allow more people in? How can I, you know, have different conversations with different types of people? Uh, not being in my little click <laughs> the way I intended actually opened me up to having a lot more conversations and experiences with people that had I just been in my little posse, maybe I wouldn't have. So let's move along to some of your questions. Okay. So one question that you guys had for me was, what was the hardest part about it? Hmm. And there were a lot of different things. I mean, the physical temperature and the windstorms and kind of the lack of basic necessities. Like there were times when like the water ran out so you couldn't have a shower or, um, and you're so dusty and sweaty and hot or, you know, the AC stopped working or mealtimes with camps were at a specific time and you wanted to go to a workshop or do something else. So it's really like not really being on a schedule and allowing yourself to like flow at a whole other level, (laughs) a whole other level of surrender, I think was the hardest part. And also having expectations and feeling like those expectations aren't met. Um, and kind of creating that energy was also like a really challenging part about Burning Man. 
Okay. The next question you guys wanted to know was how to navigate the intense energies. So of course, Burning Man is an amplifier of all of these intense energies, but we're experiencing intense energies all the time through our lives. So the theme that kind of keeps coming through in this podcast is to stay open, to stay aware, to stay present. Because when you're present, you can move from a different part of your mind. You can choose to respond, not react. And you can allow certain energy to like move through you or, or not catch certain energy. You're just kind of like, nope, I don't receive this or I don't receive this. Or if you're super present, you can really speak to and name like what is going on for you and your experience. And then you can move through it. So that's what I would really recommend. And that's in all areas of life. Okay. What was the best part about it? The magic, the not knowing what was going to come next of who I was going to run into or what workshop I would be at or, you know, what kind of DJ would be playing or the set or so many things. There's just, it's so unpredictable sometimes. And it's really in this frequency of like magic and connection. And even though there was so much effort (laughs) to get there, it was really one of the most amazing, amazing places I've ever been. The next question is what made it expansive? so much. Um, What made it really expansive was how much I learned how to trust myself, was how much I learned that my intuition is always, always right. But at another level, I was able to kind of receive messages and tune into my bodies in ways that I have never done before. And literally that's been part of the reason why my integration has been really intense is I feel like I stretched myself so much mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and I'm in a completely new caliber of energy. And I just gave myself permission to go there. I made, I gave myself permission to be my full self. And this was the first time ever where when I meet people, I introduced there and they asked what I do. I said, I'm a shaman. And I spoke specifically about how I work with energy. You know, before I would say, oh, I'm a coach or I'm this, I'm that. And I really owned and claimed that I am a shaman and I'm here doing this really powerful work at this moment in time. And it felt so free and liberating to like fully own and step into that. So that was definitely the most expensive part for me. Okay, I love how kinky some of you guys are and you wanted to know all about the sex and the orgy scene and the hookup culture. And so for me, I didn't experience any of this. <laughs> uh, I shared before that I'm, I've been now on over a year of sacred celibacy because I'm really in tuned with aligning my energy And so I didn't have a desire to go to the orgy dome. And it's actually really funny because at least 10 of my friends went to go and there was a lineup or they didn't have ID or there was a storm. And so nobody actually that I'm close with went into the orgy dome this year. Um, But like I said, I did a sex manifestation ritual with 200 people, men and women, and that was pretty intense. But what felt really cool about that, it was... The energy after the ritual was done felt so pure, like so sacred. And sometimes, you know, people, I've been to some play parties. I talked about this before in London and the energy was really dark and it felt like sex was like dirty or shameful or kink was something to hide and be hidden And what was really beautiful about the sexual energy that I experienced was just how kind of like innocent and sacred and um, aware people were. People were like using their energy on purpose and it felt really clean versus this kind of leaky sexual energy. Um, But also that's the energy that I hold around sex and sexual energy. So I'm more likely to experience that because that's my belief system. If you 
have leaky sexual energy or boundaries, there's a good chance that you're going to experience that. So something to keep in mind in all areas of life. Okay, the last question is, would you go back? And so despite all of the challenges, all the ups and downs, all the emotions, absolutely, I would go back. This is one of the most potent portals I've ever experienced, you know, from all the plant medicine I've done, all the spiritual work, all the learnings, what I was able to create and crystallize in this small window of time at Burning Man was unlike anything I ever experienced. You know, I met new clients there. I got amazing new ideas. I'm going to be launching a brand new program soon. So stay tuned. That has helped me, you know, anchor in this new vibration that I'm in. And it just is kind of also like, it's badass. You're a warrior. And it brings out another side of me where I'm not in all the luxury and comfort that I'm used to having from day to day. It really humbles me. And it really brings in a new level of gratitude and appreciation um, that I think is important to come back to from time and time. So I absolutely would go back. I highly, highly, highly recommend going to Burning Man at least once in your life if you feel the pull. This episode is probably the longest episode I've done in a while because there was just so much to share. And there's still other things I w- that I can probably speak about more to at another time, but I want to keep this episode under an hour. Um, but just know that if the burn calls you, there is a really good reason. There's magical people for you to meet. There's energy for you to shift. There's incredible experiences to be had. And there's an initiation of like, how can you align deeper to your soul? So I hope you enjoyed hearing all about my Burning Man adventure. I'm still integrating, like it was so much energy that moved through me. And even it was like a long drive back from the desert to LA. So I'm sure there's going to be more beautiful updates for me to share with you as time goes on. But I know that if you're meant to be at the burn, you will. And let me know how this episode served you. I love you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Come soak up extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Michelle Pound or visiting my website at michellepound.com. Remember, you're just one thought away, and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.